This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, we're back here on Betting the Ponies, Bet Rivers, Monzo, Malusis with you. Uh, Moose. Last week, it was a little tricky, a lot of scratches. So uh, our picks didn't always uh, didn't pan out. But uh, one nice exacta if you played our picks last week. So uh, overall, a, a pretty decent week. And we're looking forward to a lot of good racing at Belmont this weekend. Yeah, we got four. I mean, the races at Ellis last week were not all that great. Um, but did have one nice exacta. Did have a, a nice three-horse race as well uh, with all the scratches. So, you know, we're getting injured closer and closer. As we're past the past the Fourth of July to uh, the start of Saratoga, which is right around the corner, and you know, got some really good stake races and turf action on Saturday at Belmont Park, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, West Will Power and Rattle and Roll last week, and Stephen Foster. If you played it, we had it for you. Uh, made a little bit of money on that one, but overall, uh, a good weekend, and we're looking forward to going through some races at Belmont this weekend. We'll go through a couple of stakes races, all graded events. We're going to start with. The grade two suburban moose and uh, the return of Charge It, who's coming back here and uh, is a really short morning line favorite. And I understand that it's only a five or six horse race here, but in my opinion, Charge It, who really hasn't been the same since last year, really tough for me to take a three to five moose. Yeah, well, I understand Son of Tap It. The longer they go, usually, you know, the better they are. It's Pletcher, it's John Velasquez, it's Belmont Park. So you get it's always been a well thought of, you know, four year old of 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 Tap It. I think people look back on that one eleven buyer speed figure that that he had in the Dwyer and that's going back to last July, basically a year ago where he won that race by 23 lengths. Um, you know, one of the more impressive performances, you know, that we have seen, but you know, after that, you know, by listen, he's fast, you know, 102, 99, 96, 102. You think the extra distance should help him coming off the Met mile where he's kind of one of those, you know, horses you thought had a chance who never was going to beat Cody's wish, but ran respectable fourth in the race behind Zandon and, White Abario, those were your top three finishers in the Met Mile. We all understand how good Cody's wish is, especially at a mile. But, yeah, I, I mean, three to five to me is a little short. I, I went to the inside in this one. I went to Tonal Impact uh, for Jose Ortiz. Linda Rice has had an unbelievable Belmont meet as well. Um, you know, she's leading the trainer standings. has got 31 wins. Um, you know, it's, it's been fantastic this year so far. Um, and ramp it up to Saratoga. Son of Tonalist, I think, can sit the, you know, who obviously was a, a son of Tappet. So, uh, you know, out of a kitten's joy mare. I think Tonal Impact now, a little cheap. You know, I'll, I'll readily admit, you know, running in, you know, open claiming 80,000, 62,000, 62,000. I do like the fact that, you know, the buyer speed figures last three races are on the rise, 87, 95, 100. Um, I do think he can sit the trip at a mile and a quarter. 
um, where, you know, I, I think, you know, he's not going to be stuck out wide. You mentioned it. It's a short field. It's not a big field either. So I'm going to go inside total impact, uh, you know, for Linda Rice and Jose Ortiz to put off, pull off a little bit of an upset at four to one on the morning line. Yeah, I landed on the two uh, red run here, five to one on the morning line. And uh, if you disregard everything before his last four races, uh, if you look at the last four races ever since he's come over with Mike Maker, a different horse. Now, he hasn't won, you know, a lot of seconds, a lot of thirds, uh, hitting the board left and right, ran really well in the Brooklyn, seven wide last out. But that's what you see in a lot of the trip notes is that he's wide a lot. Uh, he's missing this. He's, uh, you know, dropped back. He's, he's had a lot of issues. And, and look, that that's an issue with the horse. And clearly, uh, he finds trouble. But a five-horse race here, uh, a horse that's run really well, that's really done uh incredible incredibly improved on Mike Maker Mike Maker's 19 for you know 19 wins at Belmont Tyler Gaffleyon a lot of people think is one of the best North American riders going so a horse that a little bit of a price at five to one who I think will like the distance who I think likes Belmont uh, won't be seven wide in this race so uh, a red run for me is my top pick I liked your horse my concern was the distance he has run it well in the past uh, the inside draw doesn't bother me you mentioned some cheap races but certainly makes a lot of sense. A horse that I'm throwing out here is a horse that I liked in the past. That's Clapton. Uh, we hit him at 21 to one. We liked him last out 14 to one, the Pimlico special. Uh, I, I just think now uh, we're just going to see a little bit of a downturn for Clapton who, you know, really runs his heart out in every race. I think he's going to bounce here. Uh, I'm not going to use him at all. My exact or my trifecta, but I do like red mm-hmm. run. I do like your horse on the inside total impact. I will use charge it as well. Um, but to me, Red Run, my top pick, five to one on the morning line moves. Yeah, like Red Run, I would use them underneath. I would use, uh, obviously, Charge It underneath as well. And, um, you know, I think you got to give a little bit of love to the five unbridled bomber. Uh, at six to one on the morning line, James Ryerson, Irad Ortiz hops on the board. First start off the layoff, has run well, um, you know, off of freshening, did in his return to racing on April the 16th at, uh, at Aqueduct, won that race by nine lengths. Jose Ortiz was aboard, went off to four to one that day, um, a son of upstart, um, monocorder. I like the fact that Ortiz, I rad hops on a board, uh, that does something a little bit Buyer speed figures do fit to be able to run underneath maybe a little bit of a price, but, um, I'm going to take a shot that, you know, that, that charge it isn't as good or isn't, even though well thought of, I, I can't I can't take in a five horse field the four horse at three to five on the morning line. I'm going to take a shot with the one total impact. Race eight at Belmont as we really get in some really good stakes races here. The Grade One Belmont Oaks Invitational moves Mission to Joy, your two to one morning line favorite. Uh, a lot of good horses in this race. Starting with Mission to Joy, strikingly spun, Spearling Beige, Papilio. Uh, prerequisite, be your best, Asprey, uh, Fred is the Red, uh, Aspen Grove, a lot of invaders coming in from overseas. Musa, typically, I know you like those kind of horses, but you've played against them as of late. Yeah. Are you sticking with that trend here? Yeah, you know, I, I it, it's weird. I, I've gone, you know, I looked at this race probably about five or, or six times, you know, before we got ready to to do the podcast and, and previewing these races. And you know, I, I was trying to convince myself. I, I eventually did land on one of them, and and I went to I went to the outside Aspen Grove. Um, you know, James Stack Murphy in to ride. You know, coming running out of Group Ones at Longshot and and Group uh, you know Group Ones at and now Longshot in those races sixty six thirty five twenty five and fifty to one. You look at the time form ratings. 
you know, not over the top, brilliant and great, uh, you know, a, a daughter of Justify um, running this race. I don't know. I want to look for something outside of it. And and I think, you know, send it over here, third start off the layoff. Usually when you see European horses that come stateside, uh, the reason why they come stateside is I, I the trainers maybe believe that they have more of affinity for firmer ground as compared to what they usually get over and running in Europe where, you know, it's soft, it's yielding, it's less than firm. Um, and that's what you should get on Saturday at, at Belmont Park is uh, you should get a, a relatively firm turf course. So I went to the outside, Aspen Grove, a little bit of a projection here. Clearly, I mean, you, you look at the, you know, the American contingent, Mission of Joy for Grand Motion, Tyler Gaffleone, nothing not to like, you know, really impressive performance in the regret, the grade three at Churchill Downs, understandably two to one on the morning line. You can look at the other Grand Motion, um, who's also coming over from Europe, running in, you know, in, in France and, and over in Ireland. Timeform ratings do fit. You can look at the Papapilia, the four horse for Javier Castellano or Mark Cassie. But I went to the outside field of nine. Give me the nine at eight to one on the morning line. The Irish bred Aspen Grove. Yeah, I think Papilio is my best bet of the day here. Uh, I really like the form. This improving three-year-old buyer speed figures are getting better. Uh, if you look back, you know, three back was pace compromised, still got up there and beat out Heavenly Sunday. Last out again. Heavenly Sunday alone on the lead the entire race uh, in the Edgewood. You know, a little wide net race, makes a nice move, can't quite get there. Last out, you know, if you read the trip notes, blocked, and you can watch the race, and the horse was blocked, got up for second. You know, and then Mission of Joy draws the rail. So so maybe Mission of Joy will have a little bit of trouble in that spot and won't be able to get that clear run. Papilla maybe gets first run. Uh, I, I'm not overly impressed by any of the horses coming in and traveling in. I'm concerned about prerequisite, this five horse for Chad Brown. You know, you're getting Chad Brown at a price. I ride Ortiz, five to one. What do you have there? This daughter of Upstart who's shown the ability to rate, shown the ability to go to the lead. Uh, I, I think that horse is going to be a big contender in this race. Papilio will be my top pick. I think will be my best bet of the day. I think it will be closer to five to two on the morning line, on the, the line as they get ready for the race as well. Prerequisite is going to be my second pick. Just because I, I just – you know, Chad's giving his A rider a horse, and they're getting a little bit. Yeah, of I like the other and- Brown. Yeah, I, I like I like the seven Asprey. Uh, if you're asking me to pick between those two, I like your horse Papilio. I'm going to use him underneath. I could see easily see him win the race. Uh, like I mentioned, we were talking about the fifth race, a little bit of projection, projecting, and kind of a, a confidence for me in the nine Aspen Grove, uh, the European coming over. If I'm going to pick pick one of the Browns, I understand you like prerequisite. It's it's Irad Ortiz, it's Chad Brown. Pratt ran, rode him the last two races. He also rode Asprey. He's riding Asprey on Saturday. Both are trained by Chad Brown. Uh, she's a daughter of Quality Road, the seven, um, and coming out off of victory in the hilltop uh, on the Pimlico undercard or Pimlico or Preakness weekend. Um I'm going to go with the seven Asprey uh, as well underneath. I'm going to use your four, but if you're asking me to pick between the two Browns, I'll disagree with you. I'll take the seven Asprey over prerequisite. Yeah, I, I thought she had a really good setup last out Asprey. You know, they went 46 for a half, came well off the pace, but Flavian Pratt can win races doing anything. So I can see it. You know, those, those are two horses I think you can flip a coin and, you know, basically just base it on the trip and, uh, see who gets up there. But Papilio will be my topic here in the grade one 
Belmont Inv Oaks Invitational. Moose, moving on to race 10 as I pull it up here on the sheets. The Belmont Derby Moose, and again, a lot of invaders here. And a horse that you've liked in the past, Mendelssohn's March, leads the race here. 30 to 1 on the morning line. I was thinking about this. Is Moose going to take a chance? No. Is he going to lay it all on the line of 30 to 1? No. 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 So, but some good well, horses. Well, but this is here. great. I, have... I mean, Monzo, this is your specialty. I mean, you love the turf racing. You love stake turf racing more than, I mean, I mean, that's really kind of your specialty. And you got a good race this one. You know, you got Web Slinger, the four, nine to two on the morning line. We've bet Farbridge before. Can Silver not for Charlie Appleby? Richard Mullen in town to ride. Can can he win uh, after really disappointing at odds on in the Penine Ridge? Calic, who I liked in the Penine Ridge at, you know, almost three to one. Uh, picked her right here. I picked him, I should say, on the podcast here for Chad Brown. I ride Ortiz. Can he make it two straight wins? You know, I think it's an interesting, you know, field of 11. Um, redistricting. Redistricting. Uh, I know Chad Brown feels really, you know, thinks very, very positively. I've heard that, read that uh, about the 10 horse, eight to one on the morning line. I think it's a really, really interesting field of 11 uh, and, and where you can go a number of different ways when you look at the Belmont Derby. Yeah. And because of that, you know, when I try to, you know, looking at race flow and all that jazz that we talk about, you know, a good amount of speed. And I know in New York, that doesn't mean a lot. You can all, you know, you see six or seven speed horses and only one goes to the lead. Uh, I'm going to think that a couple horses are going to battle up front here and you're going to get some pace. And I think it's really going to come down to really the 10 redistricting the 11, the Foxes. And I'm going to take the 11, the Foxes underneath who, if you look at the last race over in Europe, uh, you know, stumbled at the start, was a little, you know, made a big move, but, but faded late. But before that, this horse would close in the races like, a freight train. And uh, I, I just think a little more foundation than redistricting uh, a little more experience does have to make the move over here. I understand that fourth race this year, uh, the Foxes seven to two on the morning line. I think it's going to make a big move at the top of the stretch and battle all the way home. Redistricting, I think we'll get a really good setup. Now, if you look at the last race came well off the pace and romped one by four lengths uh, at Belmont earlier in June uh, but again, I just worry about the foundational lack of experience. But I really think it's between these two races. If you get Kalik on the lead, if you get Mondego on the lead, if you get Wizard of Westwood, who likes to be on the lead, there are some speed horses here. Far Bridge has been close at times. So, you know, I think there's some pace, and I think it's going to set up for those two horses. The Fox is the 11, my top. Yeah, horse. we're on the same horse. And I went back and, and watched the the English Derby in early June over at Epsom, and um, really couldn't really match the the turn of foot. You know, King of Steel, who, you know, got the kind of – was sitting off the pace. I would probably say, you know, sitting right on the rail about five lengths off the pace as they entered the four furlong mark, made the, the initial run, broke to the lead, and then – August Rodin uh, showed a tremendous turn of foot. And just to the outside of August Rodin, they started to make the similar move was the Foxes. You mentioned the, the, the fact that um, he stumbled at the great, at the break was sitting a little bit too far back. You look at the time form ratings, you know, they fit, um, you know, this is the fourth race off the layoff, you know, ran in the, you know, a group three over in new market, ran in a group two over in York and then ran in a group one, uh, at Epson and, you know, has been well backed at, uh, at the windows as well. So, 
you know, I'm going to go with the Andrew Balding training, um, you know, son of Churchill, three-year-old, the Foxes, going to be my top pick, the 11 uh, at seven and two on the morning line. I do like your 10 redistricting, you know, but I'm going to go, you know, a little bit further inside. I'm going to use redistricting underneath, probably maybe for the third spot, but I'm going to go with Silver Knot and Farbridge, um, that combination of the five and the six. Listen, you look at Silver Knot, there's nothing not to like. Charlie Appleby coming back and taking another swing. Ran in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf, lost by a nose. Um, went back, ran over a new market, came back for the Penine Ridge, was odds on. You know, ran okay, you know, finished third, beaten by a length. Uh, I think he improves off that effort. And you're getting now... <clears throat> excuse me, I think you're going to get all of six to one on Saturday in this race as well. So I'm going to use the six silver knot underneath, and then I'm going to go to the five far bridge where clearly Pletcher a little bit frustrated by Joel Rosario's rides. The last two races goes back to Jose Ortiz, uh, Jose Ortiz and far bridge was a winning combination. Three races back uh, at Gulfstream park. I think the distance suits the son of English channel. Uh, you know, you and I have both been kind of uh Bullish on Farbridge in the past, but I'm going to use him underneath. But I really like the 11, the Foxes on top. I think Andrew Balding sends him here with a purpose. To me, it's 11, 6, 5, 10. Those are the four I'm going to use. Um, I'm going to use in this race uh, when you look at the the Belmont Derby at a mile and a quarter at beautiful Belmont on Saturday. Uh, I love these turf races, don't you? Oh, they're great. <laughs> I mean, I love, I love the fact that, especially when you look at Belmont Park where – you know, the, you have the big sweeping ovals. It's less, it's more of a European style of course than it is. Um, now, it, nothing compares to like, you know, when you look at, um, uh, you know, um, Royal, you know, when you look at Ascot or or anything like that or Longchamp or whatever, because they're just looking at ginormous, huge venues. But what I mean by Belmont is you have these big sweeping turns, wide turf courses. They're not tight turns. Uh, it's not short stretches. It's a little bit more of a favorable uh, look for European horses. And I like the fact that Belmont has opened up these, you know, big stake races, long turf races to where you get Europeans coming over uh, looking to win some races. So to me, it's great. I love it. You love the turf racing. I'm into it as well. I love the fact that Europeans come over. I do favor them. I think they're a little bit more talented as compared to when you look at it on the whole, when you look at the American contingent. And I think you and I are both on the winner in this race. I think it's going to be the Foxes, the 11. Still got to go through the victory ride, the Grapeview event, the uh, one of the last stakes races at Belmont in this meet. Uh, and the reason I say that is because next week we will be talking about Saratoga. I can't wait. I can't wait. We will be we will be getting into the Saratoga as the racing gets ready to start. Uh, it is the best meet of it's the opening year. Opening day next Friday. I uh, think it's next Friday. Yeah, that's right. Right. That's right. Right. You're normally on vacation for it. You won't be this year. No. But... I know. I have, I'm trying to remember. I mean, yeah, it is. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Are you gonna? Well, you're down in Florida now. It opens yeah. up, uh, no, the 13th. Right. So next week we'll be going through on this podcast, the opening weekend. At yeah, no, no, I know. I know. I, I thought opening day was Friday. It's Thursday. I apologize. Uh, we forgive you. Yeah. <clears throat> it's next, it's next right. Thursday, yeah. the 13th. Closing weekend at Belmont Park. Looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. But, yes, yeah, Saratoga's great. Who doesn't like, you know, you go back in there, you step back 50 years. It's 
It's unbelievable. You get a lot of great racing. Um, drinking the drinking the fountain. So it tastes like <clears throat> well, you got to go back. Yeah, you got to go back. It tastes like rust, but it's great minerals. It's great for you. Uh, there's no doubt. Yeah, if you go to Saratoga, the first thing you have to do is go back to the Big Red Spring in the back, uh, right by where they right by where they saddle the horses. You get yourself a cup. You tip the guy or girl that's right out in front. Uh, get your little plastic cup. Go in there, take a big swig, take another swig, mix it around. It's that's how you start your racing day. Uh, go grab and a. Then mint. you got to find our buddy John. Yeah, go grab a mint and 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 get get to handicapping. Hopefully, you've handicapped before you went to the track as well, so you can kind of just enjoy the day. And then you find our buddy John and Orange has been at the track since three a.m. Yeah, getting ready to uh, you know what were you know texting us our picks three days out. You know, no, I well, dude. Podcast. Once Saratoga goes, you know this, dude. It's steamrolling. You steamroll. No, it, it just do. Once Saratoga opens up, then it's NFL training camps get going. Then we're going to be into NFL training camps. Then preseason football, baseball winding down. Uh, college football gets going. Well, then we're going to be like into the fall championship meet at Belmont and the ramp up up until the Breeders' Cup. Breeders Cup and how long is Rangers our podcast here going to be for the Breeders Cup? It's going to be like five hours long. Right, we'll bring on Kenny. You know, won't be able to hear most of what he has to say. No, because and, and he we'll doesn't talk into the microphone. <laughs> well, we yeah, I, like I asked out. Monzo, I was like before the Belmont, like we should get Kenny on. He goes, "Yeah, the audio was terrible, though. Do you know how long it took me to edit that?" I go, "Yeah, well, Kenny also wasn't speaking into the microphone." <laughs> But it was good information. Like he was and he talking like, right. Well, you don't see the, you don't see the audio. You, you don't see the visual. Like Monzo and I are basically like looking at each other right now uh, as we're in, uh, you know, but we're recording and you're just going to hear the audio. Kenny was basically talking to his camera and his microphone was like 10 feet away instead of talking into the microphone, because this is a, you know, an audio medium. It is a podcast on horse racing and we want to hear his picks. And we will give, we will do a tremendous Breeders' Cup podcast. I can't wait. Saratoga, though, is going to be, we're going to have winners. I'm confident. I'm confident. Let's close out Belmont with some winners on Saturday. We will. We will. We still have the, the Foxes. What about, uh, you think Tarasenko is trying to get his way back to the Rangers here? I do. I hope he goes away for a number of different reasons. <laughs> That's why I brought it up. But I think the reason. I think the reason he's messing around with his agents and he's not signing a deal, he's just trying to. Yeah, he's trying to. He's trying like, to get back to the Rangers. But why? I mean, the Rangers have signed like basically every veteran player known to man and gave him like eight hundred and seventy thousand dollars. How many signings did they have in NHL free agency? Like nine. I mean, so Tarasenko is going to turn down five and a half, six million dollars from Ottawa and Carolina and come back to the Rangers for two point two million on a one year deal. Maybe. Is he maybe, really going to – that's what he's going to do? He's going to turn down $6 million to come back and play for the – He's made his money. What? He's made his money. Dude, you, I don't care maybe how much he likes, – maybe, maybe he likes it here. Maybe he likes his kids' traveling hockey team. Maybe who knows? A lot of things he probably See, likes. See, that's the problem, right? Well, you get you, – you, should I bring up that story? The fact that, like <laughs> – just busting your chops. I wanted to bring it up. No, I, I understand that. It's still Donna was asking me where he's signing because things gonna open up a spot for Gregory. Monzo's hinting at a story. Basically, my youngest son Gregory and Vladimir Tarasenko's son were were one of the Tarasenko's kid made it over my son Gregory for a, a travel hockey team up here in Connecticut. 
my youngest son Gregory. And I think the only reason why he made the team, not saying that his son was not talented, that we're talking about six-year-olds now, is that, you know, he's a ranger. Is that a bad thing to say? No. I mean, it's not a bad thing to say. I mean, but Donald was like, well, maybe if he signs someplace else, I'm like, well, the Rangers can't afford him. And now he's firing agents to try and get now. Now there are Ranger fans that want to get rid of Lafreniere in order to make sure that Tarasenko's here. Um, I, most any I, I, people will do anything to uh, to mess with you. These oh, days. it doesn't. I know it's amazing. He'll turn down six and a half million dollars to go play for Carolina to, because he wants to be back here with the Rangers. And I, Tarasenko was good last year. Bring the band he back was. together again, Kane. After his you know research, you know hip resurfacing, I'm sure that'll work out this upcoming season as well. Uh, I had the I was I was thinking about all day busting your shops, dude. When I when well, yeah, because. The other night, I'm like, oh, he's gone. He's signing with Carolina or Ottawa. And then the next day, I read he fired his agents. And then I see the announcement on whether it be Thread or Twitter, whatever it might be, whatever we're on right now in social, and posting on social that he's, he's with CAA. And I see the Larry Brooks piece that he's trying to get his way back to the Rangers. I'm like, fantastic. Uh, all right, let's get to it. Race 11 on Saturday. Yeah. The last race we go through the grade three victory ride, Moose. And we do have a, a morning line favorite in Maple Leaf Mel, 9-5 to five on the morning line. Joel Rosario, this horse is a perfect 4-4 four for four winning races, seemingly for fun on the lead, running a relatively fast speed paces as well, going, you know, you look 22-45, and 21-45 up front, and able to hold on and also pull away. So cer- certainly a talented Philly here, Moose, but I got to be honest, a, a lot of speed in this race. Uh, a lot of horses with a lot of talent. Race look flow. Red carpet, yeah, red carpet ready on the outside. A horse that likes the lead. Uh, Topsy has been on the lead. Downtown Mischief has been on the lead. Uh, a lot of horses with speed, so there could be some pressure on Maple Leaf Mellon. For that reason, Moose, uh, I really like the one. Interpolate, Chad Brown, Irad Ortiz. Horse really, really shined in the grade two Beaumont. Finishing second, but again, uh, coming uh, similar to a situation like this, but there was a lot of speed up front, and this horse was able to make a move and just miss. And I think uh, we're going to get a similar setup here. Interpolate, 5-1 to one on the morning line. Amazing connections, top knocks connections. This horse out of Intermischief, who was a really fast horse. They paid a ton of money for this horse uh, a couple years ago. I, I think we're going to have a, a case here where a lot of speed up front, they're going to eat each other up, and Interpolate's going to come flying down the lane. Uh, to get him, and hopefully five to one or better. Yeah, we're on the same horse again. Back to back races at Belmont. You know, dazzling blue. Even though it might be not as quick, wants to go to the front end. Um, Maple Leaf Mel, as you mentioned, nine to five on the morning line. The five wants to go to the front end. The six, Downtown Mischief, wants to go to the front end. You mentioned it. The eight, Red Carpet Ready, three to one on the morning line. That's outside speed. Now. They all might be, you know, look in and say Maple Leaf Mel might be the fastest of the speed. Now, you're asking also Maple Leaf Mel to go an extra half furlong. I, I, you know, third start off the layoffs from six furlongs to six and a half. Joel Rosario um, in this one, Melody Giddings, uh, the trainer, did run well up at Saratoga at six and a half furlongs in the slop last summer uh, and won and, you know, has been well backed and well thought of. Uh, you know, this three year old son or this three year old daughter of cross traffic. Uh, but I'm with you. You know, give me Irad Ortiz, give me Chad Brown coming off what was uh, a really fast performance in the grade two Beaumont. 
And I think it was smart for Chad Brown after what was a buyer speed figure high. Got to remember 60, 74, 59, 77 fires and 91 of them Beaumont. It was nearly five to one that day, right? Runs really, really well. What does Chad Brown do? Gives him a little bit of a, gives her a little bit of a break, a daughter of into mischief before firing right back here. And I think this comes at, you know, I, I think she's rod running here with a purpose. Um, you know, it's, you know, a grade three event. Um, I think the six and a half furlong suits her. I think she's going to get the right pace up front. And I think Chad Brown, I think Arad Ortiz is going to give her a great ride. So uh, I'm with you five to one on the morning line. I'm all over interpolate uh, in the grade three victory rod. Really like the one eight exact box interpolate red carpet ready uh, horse that uh, doesn't have to be in the lead, but has been uh, so can rate. And I think we'll rate in this race. Um and if that's the case, I think it's going to come down to the one on the eight. I will box that. I will choose the one on top at a better price, uh, better connections as well. But uh, that is going to be interpolate, red carpet ready, exact the box for me. Most. Yeah, I would use Topsy as well. A little bit of a price. Um, you know, uh, daughter B Jersey, Steve Asmussen, Jose Ortiz hops on a board. Ran well in the grade three, Miss Preakness, uh, lost that race to, to Maple Leaf Mel, uh, but finished second by a length and a half at six furlongs at Pimlico. Came back, ran in the slop. I think, it's fa- I think um, you know, fast track suits are a little bit better. Um, you know, Steve Asmussen was really good with B Jersey. I, I, I'd throw the seven topsy underneath at, at 12 to one on the morning line uh, to go along. I agree with you with your eight, but I'm all over the one interpolate on top. Did, did Pete Jersey win the Met Mile? Correct. Man, I'm just – and then retire after that? Yes. Who did – Pete Jersey won the Met Mile and beat the New York bread? I forgot. I'll tell you all these the, – The New York bread who – Oh, the one that you loved? The one that I loved that was the uh, – the so- as well. What's up? That who ran in Dubai as well? Yes, and it was the sire of – the Japanese horse this year. Mind your biscuits. Names on my mind. Mind your mind bi- your biscuits. Mind right. your biscuits. Yes, great horse. I remember watching that race on the Belmont backstretch with my dad. I can't believe mind your biscuits. I might actually, after this podcast is done, go back and watch that Met Mile because I still can't believe mind your biscuits did not win that race. Um, you know it's crazy. You know I'm 40. You're a little bit older. Yes, thank you. You know we watched <laughs> we've watched the trillion races. Uh, you know, together, separately, race replays, races we bet on. And I'm going, you know, whenever you see a horse like a sire in B Jersey, you think about, I felt like it was yesterday, but it's like a couple of years ago now at this point. Yeah. Right? I mean, B Jersey was what, five years ago now? Do you believe that? Crazy. I mean, yeah. B Jersey was pre pandemic. That yeah. had to be, no, that, that had to be like the 2018. Uh, 2018 Met Mile, maybe the 2017 Met Mile. Yeah, that's crazy how quick. I'm just glad that I can look at that CB jersey, think about it for a couple seconds, be like that horse ran the Met, ran the Met Mile and won. Yes. Uh, let me hold on. Let me. So, all right. Well, wait. Hold on. Good race let me just there. Just make sure what year that was. Uh, I'm going to say 2018. What? 2016 was frosted. Maybe it was 2017. Um. 2018. There you go. Wait, I'm trying to think here. Yep, the 2018 beat Jersey. Yep. How many career starts? I don't know. I just have the Met Mile winners. Can you name 
Let's see if you can do it. You're good with this. Can you name the last one, two, three, four, five, six Met Mile winners? Cody's wish. What was two? Cody's wish. Last year was, uh, you, you know, your your classic winner. Flight line. Flight line. You'll never uh, get 21. I'll never get 21? No. Steve Asmussen train Ricardo Santana. Silver Give State. Never would have got that. You like that horse, I though. did like that horse, yes. All right, 2020. Uh, was that really good sprinter? The, another Asmussen horse, right? That was, that was no, that was 19. You were right, Matoli. We both love Matoli. Matoli ran great. 2020, who won it? Uh, Vacoma. Vacoma, that's right. That horse, that, that horse came back after uh, running in the Kentucky Derby campaign and really turned into a good horse. Yeah, Vacoma was the one that had the weird running style, too. Yep. But, Didn't Vacoma win the bluegrass? Am I right about that? Uh, I think you might be right about that. I'm not 100% sure. We could sit here and go through all these, you know, memories of, of racing all day. But what's your anyway, best bet of the uh, day? On Saturday? Oh, my best bet of the day Saturday, one thousand percent is going to be uh, Papilio in the in the Oaks Invitational. Absolutely, love yeah. The, race ten to me. The Foxes is winning. The the Foxes yeah, I, is going to win the Belmont that, Derby. I think Papilio is going to be a little bit more of a price. So Moose, looking forward to going over Saratoga. It's going to be. An awesome summer, an awesome second half of the summer going into all the great races. Yeah, let's Saratoga, win some money. Delmar, the Haskell of Monmouth Park, a lot July of great 22nd. Races. I know. This summer, Moose. So looking forward to it. Looking forward to doing the podcast. Looking forward to giving you picks. So getting with you guys on social. Make sure you follow us on social media. Check out the podcast. Listen and subscribe. Hit that subscribe button uh, wherever you get your podcast. Moose, it's been fun. I'll talk to you later. All right, Bet everybody, thanks for thanks for listening. Like and subscribe. Good luck with all your plays. Talk to you next week. Bet the Ponies, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Thanks for listening to Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network.